Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for this Friday, November 3rd edition of the Broomfield Enterprise. My name is Elaine. Today, we will be reading from the following main articles. Broomfield Fish Collecting Ham and Turkey Donations for the Holiday Season. North Denver Cares Food Pantry is Struggling to Stay Open Amid Rising Costs. Broomfield City Council Candidate Compared to Nazis in an Edit Campaign Signs. And there will be no Broomfield City Council meeting next week. Aerospace supplier Ball owes $600,000 for parts. And the Mobile Art Gallery at Broomfield Heights elevates students to art experts. And there will be a free CPR and bleed control class available Saturday here in Broomfield. And one person was transported after an I-25 Broomfield crash on Sunday. These and other articles. Broomfield Fish is collecting ham and turkey donations for the holiday season. Its annual drive, Broomfield's Food Bank and Resource Center is seeking donations to make the holiday season special for families in need. Broomfield Fish has a goal of collecting 1,000 hams and turkey donations for the holidays. Donations can be dropped off November 11th from 10 a.m. to noon at 6 Garden Center. During the drive, fish will only be, being, be accepting hams and turkeys. Other food donations can be dropped off Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 8 to 4.30 p.m and Thursdays between 8 and noon using the East Side Donation Door. If you do not need a receipt, non-perishable items can also be dropped off in the collection bins at any Broomfield King Supers. Turkeys and hams are only being collected at the drive and will not be distributed at that time. Families seeking turkeys and hams should visit fish during normal shopping hours. Monday from noon to 4.30, Tuesdays from 10 to 3.30, Wednesdays from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., and Fridays from noon to 4.30. Monetary donations can be made anytime at broomfieldfish.org. A North Denver Cares food pantry is struggling to stay open amid rising costs. The food pantry serving Broomfield and Boulder County residents is trying to raise $40,000 to stay open. When Brian Decker started the North Denver Cares Food Pantry nearly 20 years ago, it was a big deal to be able to provide groceries to six families a night out of his church's kitchen. Now, Decker, 82, works with hundreds of volunteers to provide free meat, dairy, fruit, vegetables, and dry goods to an average of 400 families every week at the pantry's warehouse at 6900 West 117th Avenue in Broomfield. Despite being entirely volunteer-run, 
Decker is struggling to keep the pantry open as costs for rent, fuel, food, and repairs continue to rise. In September, one of the pantry's volunteers launched a crowdfunding campaign to try to keep the pantry afloat. If I can't find more funding to keep us open, we would have no alternative but to close the doors, Decker said. Decker started the food pantry in 2003 with his wife and a group of friends after a discussion about the number of people asking their church, Calvary Evangelical Free Church, for help buying food. We decided to try and see what we could do, Decker said. We put out the word that we were accepting food and brought in what we couldn't get. The word got out and the food pantry grew to serve 150 families a week out of the church's gymnasium and kitchen in Broomfield. Decker started looking for a permanent location for the pantry. North Denver Cares Food Pantry moved into its current home in 2010 and became a registered nonprofit organization and continued to grow. On the busiest week, 450 families will pick up groceries from the pantry, Decker said. The warehouse is lined with industrial refrigerators and freezers, along with shelves and giant bins of donated food, from staples like peanut butter and canned tuna to birthday cakes and fresh fruit from local grocery stores. The pantry is open three days a week, from Tuesday to Thursday, Tuesday is the busiest day, Decker said, and volunteers fill shopping carts and cardboard boxes with food for folks to pick up. Clients will receive a full shopping cart, half full shopping cart, or a cardboard banana box of food, depending on the size of their household. On less busy days, clients can shop the pantry alongside a volunteer to decide what they want to take home. Sarah Kleinhan started shopping at the pantry after her son was diagnosed with cancer at six years old. As a single parent, she wasn't able to work and care for him at the same time. As someone with experience working in the nonprofit sector, Kleinhan said she felt shocked and embarrassed to need food from the pantry at first, but she was never met with anything but kindness from Decker and pantry volunteers. He didn't judge me, she said. I didn't feel humiliated. It's embarrassing for some people, like, why do I need this? I must have failed. But Brian just wants you to have nutritious food. He doesn't look down on you or judge you. Now, Klein Hans uses her weekly share to support five families who have children with cancer, supplementing it with other groceries she buys herself. Rising food costs at the grocery store are impacting the pantry just as they impact individual families, Decker said. Every week I walk into the grocery store and I'm amazed that food prices seem to keep going up. And it's the same way with a food bank. Even though we buy wholesale, you still have to pay more money for it. So that requires more funding to keep us in operation. The pantry uses its own trucks to pick up donations from grocery stores and restaurants, and Decker estimates fuel costs have tripled in the last two years. With no paid employees, Decker works 50 to 70 hours a week as the volunteer executive director. It costs between $100,000 and $125,000 annually to keep the pantry's doors open. So far, the fundraising campaign has raised 26000 of its 40000 goal. 
If the pantry is not able to raise enough money, Decker may need to shut down by the middle of 2024. I feel like we provide a vital service for folks because food is, of course, something you have to have. And we try to supply really good, wholesome food for people to enjoy, he said. Edited versions of Broomfield City Council candidate Heidi Henkel's campaign signs featuring Nazi imagery have been confiscated by police. The edited signs bearing the same colors, fonts, and layout as the original design read Heil Henkel in reference to a Nazi greeting and chant. The sign also edited Henkel's campaign logo to a single hand in a position similar to that of a Nazi salute. Henkel, the incumbent candidate in Ward 5, sent a campaign email last week stating that a friend messaged her in horror after seeing the sign on a median on 144th Street east of Shannon Drive. According to the Broomfield Police Department, another sign was found on Wednesday by members of the Code Compliance Unit on a median on Lowell Boulevard between Broadlands Lane and 136th Street. The compliance unit removed the sign as they are not permitted in the public right-of-way. Both signs were placed improperly, but neither was reported to the department. At this time, no one has admitted to making the signs. The Broomfield County Democrats released a statement condemning the signs on Friday, saying that editing the signs was a grotesque act harmful to Broomfield and the Jewish community. A message from the Broomfield County Republicans was posted on Facebook Monday expressing that they stand against hate and discrimination and believe in the principle to love your neighbor as yourself. The post did not explicitly mention the edited signs. Hankel's opponent, Adam Gabetti, posted a video on his YouTube channel Friday unreservedly condemning the signs as well. He discussed his Italian family's personal connection to the Holocaust and the suffering he witnessed from survivors telling their stories. Cabetti also stated that comparing Henkel to actual Nazis and fascists minimizes the horror of what happened. Although Gabetti opposes the signs, he does say in the video, I get the joke, she is an authoritarian, an authoritarian. say that outright in the public square. Use these signs to protest her where you show up, put your name on them, and state your grievances. Gabetti also told the Broomfield Enterprise he finds it suspicious that Henkel and her campaign were able to put out statements, graphics, a marketing email, and have paperwork filed to the Anti-Defamation League within 24 hours of seeing the sign. Those signs are impressively perfect mimics of my opponent's materials. It would be very difficult to mimic without the original files, he said. So I will also say, if this is yet another lie being put out by the Henkel campaign or its supporters, then God help you, and I don't know how you would look in the mirror. Henkel took issue with Gabetti's statements in the video. It's very disappointing to me that my opponent gives everyone a wink by saying he gets the joke. Our Jewish community in Broomfield deserves better. It's not a joke, Henkel said. She also responded to any insinuations her campaign was involved with the sign, stating no one associated with me or my campaign would do such an abhorrent action, especially when I've been working on resettling people here, people coming here fleeing violence from Israel, she said. 
We put our energy into sharing Council's good work and policy development, not wasteful games that hurt our Jewish community. There will be no Broomfield City Council meeting next week. The regular meeting of the Broomfield City Council Tuesday has been canceled due to the meeting falling on election night. The council will return to its regular meetings November 14th. The council meets most Tuesdays at 6 p.m. in the George DeCero City and County Building at Wondacombe Drive. Meetings can also be watched live at broomfield.org forward slash live. Aerospace supplier says Ball owes $600,000 for parts. Kansas-based aerospace parts manufacturer H.M. Dunn Company sued Ball Aerospace and Technologies last week, alleging the soon-to-be-served division of Ball Corp. is refusing to pay a $6,000 bill. The lawsuit filed in Broomfield County District Court claims that HMD and Ball signed a contract last year in which HMD would provide Ball with parts that would ultimately be sold to Lockheed Martin Aeronautics. The parts were provided in March of 2022, the complaint said, and in June 2022, Ball informed HMD that the supplies did not meet quality control specifications and requisite measurements prescribed in the contract. Specifically, Ball took issue with HMD's use of a technical process called the datum shifting technique in crafting the parts. The lawsuit alleges that prior to HMD commencing manufacture of the parts, Ball visited their factory to conduct a quality system assessment where HMD's processes and systems for manufacture of the parts, including quality control processes and systems, were reviewed by Ball, which was aware of HMD's intent to use datum shifting in the manufacturing process. HMD claims that Ball, representatives of which did not immediately respond to requests for comment on Tuesday, and its ultimate consumer, Lockheed, have both in the past accepted parts using the technique in question. HMD incurred costs in the approximate amount of at least a little over $600,000 in acquisition of raw material and in manufacturing the parts for Ball, according to the complaint. But Ball Aerospace, which has a major research and development operation in Boulder, will soon be acquired by British Aerospace Company, BAE Systems PLC for $5.6 billion. Leaders with the parent Ball, a global can manufacturing giant, said in August that they plan to use proceeds after taxes. The windfall is expected to be $4.5 billion to buy stock and provide shareholders with dividends. The deal will also help Ball reduce its debt. Aerospace is not a hugely cash-generative business, Ball CEO Daniel Fisher said when the deal was announced this summer, and offloading the division allows Ball to focus on its can manufacturing business. Mobile Art Gallery at Broomfield Heights elevates students to art experts. When visiting an art gallery, the docents guiding visitors through the displays are often soft-spoken volunteers meant to act as experts. For the past few weeks at Broomfield Heights Middle School, 
Parents, teachers, and students were guided through an art display by groups of excited middle schoolers. When I heard about the mobile art gallery on the announcements, I immediately wanted to do it because I really connect to art. I feel I'm a very creative person. This according to 7th grade docent Sophia Sufka. I thought it was really interesting to get deeper into the art because when you see art, you just see it, but to have it explained gives it deeper meaning. The art display is an installment of the Cherry Arts Mobile Art Gallery, a pop-up art gallery that travels to schools, libraries, and other public venues in an effort to give everyone access to art. Sifka is one of many 6th, 7th, and 8th grade students who train to give tours and information about the temporary exhibition. Each docent learned to give presentations on a few of the displayed pieces, teaching visitors about the artist and the story behind their creation. It was a little nerve-wracking to try to give a presentation in front of a group of people, but then librarian Ash Brandon was telling us that we also have to remember that the visitors didn't know anything about the art either, so it was okay. This according to 8th grader Riley Benth. In addition to learning about the art and educating others, the students also got to enjoy the art themselves. 7th grader Colette Ariano loved artist Scott Hildebrandt's piece, Sound of Music an open violin case mounted on a panel. The top half of the case contains a violin and the bottom half has been transformed into a miniature 3D nature scene complete with trees, moss, and wildlife. I think my favorite piece was the violin because I used to play the violin. Violins have always been really special to me even though I don't play anymore, said Colette. Also, I've always loved camping, and I'm a Girl Scout, so I've always just loved being in nature. Ivana Ortega, another 7th grade docent, chose Nicario Jimenez's work, Mask Making, in one of her favorites. The piece is a retablo box, a piece of folk art in the form of a portable box filled with brightly colored figurines arranged into narrative scenes originally depicting Catholic figures, but has expanded to honor indigenous spiritual practices. In mask making, the traditional figurines are surrounded by dozens of masks. The masks really connected with me because it reminded me of my culture in Ecuador, because that's actually something people would do, wear masks and represent a bunch of different cultures, Ivana said. Sixth grade docent Leona Alec enjoyed Sound of Music as well, but had a special reason for liking Kina Crow's Persist in Remaining Vertical. The sculpture depicts a blue and white striped bust wearing a pointed hat resembling a clown. The bust sits on a pedestal, this end up, and was inspired by Maya Angelou and the persistence of humans to continue striving. I like the clown thing because it looks like my brother, Leona said. 
since its inception. The Cherry Arts Mobile Gallery has partnered with over 200 schools and trained over 6,000 docents, giving students the opportunity to become art experts in the eyes of their peers, parents, and teachers. There will be a free CPR and bleed control class available Saturday in Broomfield. North Metro Fire Rescue District is offering multiple free CPR and bleed control classes on Saturday. Classes are open to all ages and will be held at the North Metro Fire's headquarters at 101 Spader Way in Broomfield. Attendees will learn hands-only CPR as well as how to use an automated external defibrillator. Help someone who's choking apply a tourniquet and pack a bleeding wound. Bystanders performing these tasks can be life-saving for victims, providing them with precious time until first responders arrive. Classes are an hour and a half long, starting at 9 a.m. and running until 3 p.m. Those wishing to sign up for a class can register for free at nmfr.org forward slash CPR or by calling North Metro Fire Headquarters at 303-452-9910. While registration is preferred to secure a spot, walk-in participants are also welcome to attend if there's space in the class. The victim of a Broomfield car crash has been identified. The individual who died in a serious crash in Broomfield on October 20th has been identified by the coroner's office, Pamela Louise Fleming, 70, was pronounced deceased at Good Samaritan Medical Center after the collision. On the day of the crash, police said that the westbound lanes of West Flatiron Crossing Drive at Summit Boulevard had been closed due to a serious crash, and two hours later, uh, it had reopened again. According to the coroner's office, Fleming's autopsy has been performed and the manner and cause of death are pending further investigation. One person has been transported after an I-25 Broomfield crash on Sunday. One person was transported to the hospital with a serious injury after a crash on I-25 on Sunday. According to a 7.57 a.m. Broomfield police tweet, Right lanes of I-25 between Erie Parkway and Conrad 7 were closed while police investigated the crash. By 10.17 a.m., the lanes had reopened and police stated that the crash remains under investigation. The Boulder Jewish Film Festival ushers in world cinema, a supportive atmosphere amid turmoil. The festival will screen 17 films over 11 days of celebrating cinematic magic. In light of the ongoing Israel-Hamas war, the founding director of the Boulder Jewish Film Festival, Catherine Bernheimer, wants people to know that the world of cinema is a safe space. My fervent hope is that our audiences find comfort among people who are also concerned or distressed in a safe and comfortable environment, said Bernheimer, about this year's film program. That is the most important part of the festival right now amid the world events. The festival, which kicked off Thursday and runs through November 11th at the Dairy Arts Center, features 17 different films that examine the Jewish experience throughout the world and across time. But most importantly, 
Bernheimer said, the festival is meant to serve as a reminder of the shared human experience. This year's lineup will revolve around three main themes, music, Israel's 75th birthday, and the vanished world, a historical look at shuttles in pre-Holocaust Eastern Europe. Thank you for joining us for Broomfield Enterprise. My name is Elaine. AINC programming is brought to you in part by the Broomfield Community Foundation. Broomfield's leading partner and voice for philanthropy since 1993. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-786. 7777.